Well, hello and welcome to episode five of the Find Your Voice podcast. My name is Freya Casey. I'm a professional singer and vocal coach, but moreover, I am really passionate about finding, well, about helping you find the passion in your life to identify what your true dreams are and to make them come true. A dream is in your mind and it's only a dream until you make it a reality. And I'm all about making my dreams a reality. Now, dreams sometimes change. Sometimes we have things we think we really want. And then as time passes, life changes and circumstances may change. And then we find, well, maybe I no longer want this, but then we may want something else. So um, in one of the previous podcasts, I told you about the 50 things that I currently want in my life. Now things may change. I'm going to give you an update on those things today. Um, again, as always, I'm not editing this podcast. I'm just talking into the mic. If I stumble over my words, that's just how it is. And I just want to talk today about the words that are right above my bed in capital letters. Uh, we have those wall tattoos and I love those because they remind me of things that are like really important to me. And what it says right above my bed, it's a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. I want to tell you today about why I picked that saying and what it means to me and how it has actually changed how I do things and how it has helped me make a few dreams reality. When I was looking for a wall tattoo for my bedroom wall, um, I remodeled my bedroom a few years ago and I had this nice white wallpaper and I thought, you know, I want, I'm a minimalist. That doesn't mean I only have stark white rooms. It just means that I don't want cluttery looks. I just want something very clean and simple. And so I had picked out that nice white wallpaper that has these very tiny imprinted flowers. You can hardly see it from afar, but um, has this structure. But then it's just all white. Now, instead of my bedroom just to be all white, I wanted something like as a kind of an eye catcher. And I love those quotes that really mean something to me. And when I look at them every single day, especially when I wake up, I wanted something that is really relevant, that is going to help motivate me. And as I browsed through all of those wall tattoos online that were available, I saw this quote and it immediately, it immediately struck a chord with me. It was like, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. Now I thought about this. And what I have learned is, you know, if you really want something, and my dad already taught me that, my mom already taught me that, I was, I, I learned that throughout my life, that if you really want something, you can just never give up. You just need to continue pursuing this thing. That doesn't mean you will keep on approaching it the same way. You just try anything and everything, whether it's trying to continue doing the same thing that will bring you a little bit at a time closer and closer, or if it's just trying to find a strategy and then changing again and then changing again, just to find what it is that you need to do. It's almost like Thomas Edison, you know, it's like, how many times did he have to try? How many times did he have to fail until he succeeded? He did not give up. He was certainly a dreamer. He had this dream of this light bulb and he never gave up. So having this vision, a dream is, to me, a dream is not just something abstract. A dream is something very specific. When I dream of something, I 
make this image in my mind that is so real and uh, science already tells us that when you really picture something in your mind when you close your eyes or even with open eyes you really picture something with all the details then your mind can't really tell if this if it's real or if it's just a thought so to make it more real fill in all those details you know what does it look like for example my dream home I have always known like this is my dream home and I know all the details I can I can make a drawing of it I give you a perfect plan I know all the details and I know Thomas Edison he did the same thing he made a blueprint he tried out this and that and then he just if that didn't work he tried something else but he just never gave up gave up he just kept on trying things because he kept on dreaming his dream was this image of the end result and that was to create light without candles with electricity and uh, he had this vision now everyone thought you're crazy this is not the way to do it we have candles we have lamps but he had this vision he had this dream and i'm sure he like he dreamed about it when he was awake and he dreamed about it when he was asleep because he like his mind subconsciously continuously tried to figure out how to get to the end result and um when you have a dream and you make it very, very real, fill in all the details of what it's going to look like. What is it that you want? Don't just make it a matter of the future. Just really think about it and tell yourself, it will happen. I will have this and it will be real because right now it's real in my mind, but it's going to be real in the physical world also. And um, I've had several dreams in the physical world that, uh, you know, that were not in the physical world yet that I just kept on thinking about. So, for example, one of those dreams was that I wanted to have more children. Now, on the outside, the circumstances didn't look like it's going to happen. So I was already over 40. I'm not married. Do not have a life partner. And uh, for adoption... I talked to the agency here in Germany. I was going to be too old to adopt a baby. And um, they don't really give older children up for adoption here. This is a different system. They they are just put in foster care. I did take the foster um, parenting course. I went through all of that and the home study. And But I, I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't materialize. It, we had one uh, baby that almost stayed with us but then something with the birth mother happened and they figured out a different solution which was I think good in the end but um I tried all those different paths because in my mind that dream was real I always kept watching those families on YouTube and that made it so real it just it just kept on feeding this dream of like I really want more children it's my heart's desire I don't want my older daughter to grow up as, as a single child I really would like her to have siblings and also in 20 30 years when I'm a lot older I would love my children to come visit me and to be here for Christmas and I would like to have grandchildren and I want us to all sit around the table or, you know, around the holidays. 
that is something that I vividly dreamed of all the time. And I watched all those YouTube videos of all those families. And I always listened to a lot of parenting podcasts. And, you know, it, it, it always had this vision of having a larger family. And so having more children was this, this vision that I had is like this, this became my identity. This was who I was going to be. I already felt it. it's like I feel I feel like I'm supposed to be a mom to a few more children not just one daughter I feel like this is my identity so not just dreaming of the thing that you want but becoming the person who is going to be that person that you know that dream is happening for you have to be that person you have to not just have something but you have to be the right person and be in the mind, right mindset in order to have certain things so in order to have more children i have to be that mom who has more children and so i found you know i've looked into all those different ways of like how can i achieve this how can it be done and i found embryo adoption i had no idea i had never heard of it before and it was a little scary in the beginning. It was like, really, should I do this? Like, what will people think? But I drastically changed my mindset. It was like, what is it that I really want? Is this my dream or not? Does anyone else have my dream? Does anyone have to live with the end result or like the consequences of my dream if it does come true? No one except me. So it doesn't even matter what anyone else thinks because this is my life. This is my dream. I doubt that ever two, you know, two people dream of exactly the exact same thing because everyone has these different pictures and images in their mind how the dream will come true. So for me, it looked like, you know, like these, I just, it was like in a movie. I saw these scenes of children sitting around the bar uh, in the kitchen and us all sitting at the dining room table and everyone eating and talking and then, you know, just being together and me cuddling with my children and so I just pursued that and I I you know it was scary I cannot say that there was not even the least bit of fear but the dream was bigger than the fear so I figured you know do it despite being scared because in the end when I do have my dream and if it has come true I don't even have time to be scared. <laughs> I'm just going to have my babies. And so when it came time to decide, you know, I talked to the clinic where we, you know, where I had the embryos transferred in the Czech Republic. I had to decide, like, am I going to do one embryo or two embryos? Now, of course, I looked at all the stats and I looked at the studies and it always showed that when you transfer two embryos, the chances are just, you know, statistically the chances are better that at least one of them will stick so I thought well I'm over 40 as a matter of fact over 45 I was 47 when I did it and I figured you know what I'm very healthy I'm very fit I'm going to take the risk of it being twins and if it is it's just a double blessing I am pretty confident that my body can do it because I'm extremely healthy and fit and I worked hard on it, you know, like I've been working out for years, living a very healthy lifestyle, no sugar. So I was very confident that if I was going to get pregnant with twins, that my body could handle it, I would be healthy, the babies would be healthy and that, well, having two babies, yes, I knew it was going to be crazy work and like 
sleepless nights and all that. Uh, but, you know, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. It's only temporary where it's like, you know, the first few months are crazy. And after that, you know, things changes. The challenges just change. There are always challenges when you have children. You always things to learn and you have to adjust and like learn things that you never thought you had to learn before. And you have to kind of face yourself. And um, I think you grow a lot just having children. So, but I was ready to take it on. It's like, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring on all the challenges. Bring on all the hard stuff. I don't need easy. I just need worth it. And for me, it was so worth it. So now I have Emil and Lola, my two twin babies, and I was so blessed. God gave me a girl and a boy. Uh, my older daughter, Romy, she's 10, and now I have a boy and a girl. I've, you know, I always thought in the past I had this identity of being a mom to a girl, and for some reason God knew this, and like I had this feeling my first baby needed to be a girl girl and and you know if it had been a boy I would have been so happy but the fact that she was a girl it kind of eased me into the role as a parent for some reason because I was a girl and she is so similar to how I was as a girl it just had to be for some reason and now I have a boy and a girl and they're crazy those two babies are crazy like I don't even think for one second that they're not biologically mine that they came from donor egg and donor sperm. I don't even think about it for one second. They're 100% my babies. But um, Lola, that little girl, she is like a little checker girl. Like she is smart. She is a smart little cookie. And I'm not just saying that because she is mine. Everyone sees that from the outside. She's early with everything. Even for being twins, you know, they were not, they were born at 39 weeks, almost like, almost 40 weeks, one day shy of 40 weeks. And that little girl is just early. She, I mean, she could crawl at five months. And now she's nine months. She is very close to walking. She stands up and lets go and can stand with no one holding her for several seconds. And she's starting to want to take a step or two. It's not going to be long. <laughs> so she's quite early for a twin anyway. And my little boy, Emil, I mean, it couldn't be more perfect. That little boy, he's such a mama's boy. He is so gentle. He is so sensitive. He's just very empathic. He, you know, when, when someone cries in the family, he, he cries. And he's just so sweet. He, he's, he's the prettiest, sweetest boy I've ever seen. Of course, I'm going to say that. But he really is he you know everyone sees that from the outside and they both have like these beautiful blue eyes and they're gonna have blonde hair they don't have a lot of hair right now but blonde hair and they're just beautiful and I always say you know like this is like I had never thought I could love a little boy so insanely like I love that little boy that little boy is like my I don't know. I can't, I can't find words. I just want to go, I want to cuddle him all the time. And I want to cuddle my little girl also, but she's so independent. She's not scared at all. 
Like she actually is more like a boy and he's more like a girl. But like who says that, right? It's like, it's just what society has labeled. Like oh, girls are like this and boys are like that. He's just a sensitive boy and I'm very happy about that. And Lola, she's just this unafraid little girl that takes risks. And like, I mean, she bumps her head all the time, but she doesn't even cry. She is tough. She is a tough and smart little cookie. And I always joke with everyone like, well, I'm not actually joking. I'm telling everyone she is going to tell us all how things work later on. She is going to be like smart, so smart. She's going to be like, okay, mom, move over. Let me show you how to do this. But it's really good because we're going to have someone in the family who's like, I, I have the feeling like she's going to do something really, I don't know, unusual or something very special. And my little boy, Emil, he is the most sensitive little boy. I can envision him being an amazing dad one day. Um, it's almost like, you know, he, he is, he, I feel like he is going to be the man that I had always wished for, um, you know, to be my partner. And maybe he will be, he will show that you, someone can be like that. So, but anyway, let me circle back to this saying, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. Now, giving up is not an option for me. Um, I might go a different direction sometimes, you know, sometimes life changes and maybe your dreams change and you like, like, well, maybe I don't want this anymore, but there's something else I want. I mean, my life circumstances drastically have changed now. Now I have three children instead of one. So I'm that twin mother now I'm that mother of three and I'm doing it all on my own right now um but I have other things right now you know like I have things now I have you know two more huge reasons to do everything that I do I believe that if it were just me if I didn't have my children I I think a lot of the things I have been doing or I am doing now I don't think I would do as much as I'm doing now. I would not be as persistent because it would not be as important. Because if it's just me, I'm a quite quite the minimalist. I don't mean need much. I'm happy with very little things. But now I feel like I really want to make this great life for my children. And I have to be, I have to take my life to the next level because I want to be this really great example. And I want to be a great role model for them. So that they can see me and understand anything is possible in life so that they can have a great life. Um, and of course, I have other things that I'm going to want to achieve. Uh, I'm going to give you a few updates here of things that I have been doing, actions that I have been taking. If you have not listened to the episode where I talk about the 50 things that I want in my life, um, you may want to go back and listen because I will frequently, frequently give you updates about things that have happened, you know, anything that I, actions that I have taken, uh, maybe something has changed or I have achieved a goal and then I can scratch it off my list. I will give you updates. And so um, I will do that right now. So one of my top three priorities right now is, mm, I can't really say it's looking for a life partner or finding a life partner. Uh, maybe it's more along the lines of, attracting my life partner and crossing paths and 
what am I doing? I have actually started to invest a few minutes every day. I don't really have so much time because like there are a lot of other priorities right now, but I have made this a priority. And I go into my dating apps. I look at messages and I'm very selective. You know what? If it's not a heck yes, it's a no. I have tried this in the past over and over again. I always thought, "Mm, but let's talk and you know maybe maybe it's a nice guy maybe we'll just meet anyway and even after the first date I thought you know even if the spark wasn't quite there it was like well maybe maybe if we just meet again if we have another date maybe things will start warming up more and things will happen but my experience is like it never happened like I've just you know if it's not a heck yes from the beginning it's not probably going to be a yes So I'm really only, and I I really don't have the capacity to talk to like hundreds of guys. And here's the thing, on my dating profiles, I have just put it all out there. I just want everyone to know it right from the get-go. I have three children and I have two, like I have twin babies that are, you know, born in January 2022, so that all the men who might be interested, you know, and of course, everyone is visual in the beginning. That's okay. And that is important. You got to have some kind of an attraction. You got to look at the person's face and be like, yeah, there's something. Um, it doesn't work if you look at someone's face and think like, oh, no way, not in a million years. I'm Really, really, probably it's not going to happen, right? So, but um, I just... You know, if, if someone has only looked at my photos, then probably they're just going to write me messages. Oh, you're beautiful and all. But I want them to know the entire situation before they start writing me. And the approach I'm taking is I'm just I'm just waiting until I get messages. I'm not actively, I'm not the first pursuing because I want men to know my situation. And then by writing me, they show me that, you know, I've gotten a few really positive emails like that saying like, oh, I think that is amazing um, that you that you have babies. I always wished for a family. This is my dream. See, there are men out there. I used to be, I used to have this mindset of, oh, but who would want to date me? Like I'm a 48 year old woman and I have like twin babies. Most guys my age, they're not going to want that. They have grown up children if they have children. And if they don't have children, they probably never wanted them. Not true. I found out not true. It's just a story that I used to tell myself and it's just a narrative. So I'm changing my story to where now I'm seeing it's actually true that there are men out there who want exactly what I want and who are ready and open to be in a relationship with someone who has small babies at my age. So, hey, you know what? Don't don't judge the book by its cover. <laughs> it's like, you know, don't don't just make up these stories without even having tried it. And so by me putting it out there and being very honest from the get-go, I'm only going to attract those to write messages to me who are okay with that. So, um not only okay with that, but guys who actually want that. And here's the thing, I only want to attract those 
who are 100% okay with exactly who I am. I don't want to hide anything. I don't want to like be someone else or pretend. It's just why? Because, you know, eventually they're going to see who I really am, what I really want. And so I'm going to put it out there. Um, it would definitely, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking for someone also who, at least someone who is open-minded to, you know, all this personal development and learning and making a better future. I definitely want someone who's open to this. It doesn't have to, some, to be someone who does the same thing I do, but it needs to be someone who's open-minded. And I strongly believe that whoever you're attracted to or like whoever you want to attract in your life, you're going to have to be that person first. If you are the person you want you, you want to attract, then they're going to want to be attracted to you also. Does that make sense? I think I just worded that a little weird. Be the person you want to attract. So, you know, if I want someone who is, for let's say, someone who always wants to better themselves, someone who is generally a happy and content person who doesn't have gigantic problems with their past and with themselves, if I want to attract that person who is very positive and has a lot of respect for themselves, who wants to achieve more in life, I'm going to have to be their person. So I'm working hard on that. So the actions I'm taking right now is like I'm, I'm responding to messages, but I'm filtering. I'm, I'm not spending tons and hours and hours. I'm just really going by my gut feeling. And if it's a heck, if it's not a heck, yes, then it's a no for now. <laughs> of course, you know, someone may want to be persistent and convince me by sending me two or three messages. And maybe there's something in those messages where I'm thinking, okay, now there's something there. But until it's a heck yes, it's a no for now. And that goes for a few other things. Um, another thing that I really would like to work on, but it's really challenging me is um, my fit body. Um, you know, I'm still eating healthy, but my, uh, let's just say my, my, my tummy, it's just, I still feel like it's so, it's something is just not quite, my muscles are not there and it's very soft. I think it looks pretty good for having had twins, but it's not where I want it to be. And it's not just the way it looks, it's just my core strength. I feel like there's so much work I need to do and I really would like to exercise more. So what I'm going to commit to right now is I'm just going to start with five minutes off. Let me do bar workout. That's what I'm going to commit to. Five minutes of bar workout. B-A-R-R-E. If you don't know what it is, look it up on YouTube. There are some cool videos. It's very small movements. It's really hard. It looks like it's not doing anything. But if you try it out once, just try it for 10 minutes or even five minutes. It's going to burn like crazy. Even if you're someone who lifts weight, do that. Do bar exercises and you will think like, I thought I had muscles, but I just don't think I do anymore. Um, it's really hard. It's it's great if you don't, you know, if you don't want to pinch nerves. It's very controlled, small movements. So I'm going to commit right now to five minutes every single day of doing that. There's time. There's definitely time for that. And it's just somewhere to start. Um, yeah, so that's the action I'm going to take for for that and also one other thing I'm working on right now um, need to back just a little up and tell you a story um, 
ever since the twins were born, um, my older daughter, Romy, and I, like definitely I have not had as much time for her. Before the twins were born, I used to read to her every single night before, you know, when we went to bed, I always read a book to her. I've done that since she was basically a baby. And it's been our special time. And then, you know, I always laid with her in bed until she slept. And I held her hand and I cuddled her. And when she woke up, I cuddled her. Now, I don't even have the time for that anymore now. Because, you know, when I, when we go to bed, um, she lies down, I lie down and I have the twins. And right now we're at the stage where they actually come into my bed and we all lay down together. And, um, or Romeo lies in her bed. I actually added another bed into my bedroom. Romy wants to sleep where I am. So I just put another bed in there. And uh, the twins, they fall asleep in my bed. And then I put, well, right now it's to where I put uh, Emil in his bed and Lola sleeps right beside me in my big bed. That works out pretty well. That way at night when one of them kind of halfway wakes up, I can already be very quick and start feeding them before they start waking up someone else <laughs> it works pretty well um, but I just I we can't do that same night routine we can't I, I you know she has to basically take care of herself she has to brush her teeth and uh, I have to take care of the babies and get them ready for bed and it's a lot of work you know giving babies a bath and we have two of them and uh, making sure they're well fed and fresh diaper and um we just don't have the time to sit there and read. I'm trying to figure out a way, but right now I'm thinking like, I just don't know how. And we have not been able to spend a lot of quality time in that way. And as a result, let me just see how I can, how I can word this. As a result, a few things have developed in a way that I just don't feel like they're desirable. Um, I have not had a lot of time to sit down with Romy, like when she's doing her homework, to, you know, be with her. She kind of needs a little bit of guidance. It's really hard for her. She's like a very, very creative child. And like when she has to sit still and be like, you got to work now for an hour, it overwhelms her. And she's like, no way, there's no way I want to do this. Um, and I have not been able to guide her as much as I would like. Um, and because I have so much extra work now with the twins, I just need her to help me more. Now, with children, a lot of people who don't have children from the outside, they would tell me like, oh, but you need to do this and you need to do that and you just need to be more strict and you need to ask your child to do this and that for you. You know what? Like in practice, in real life, it's not as easy sometimes because here's the thing. Your babies are born, your children are born, and then they're basically completely helpless. You have to do everything for them because they cannot do anything on their own except poop. <laughs> Definitely they can do a lot of that. But, you know, they, then they get a little bit bigger. Then they can do a few things. For example, now our babies, and I say our babies because it's like, you know, Romy's and mine, like her, her brother and sister, but my babies. But they can already start feeding themselves now. We do like baby led weaning. Because Emil, she, he do, he does not want to eat from a spoon at all. We tried it. He just isn't going to have it. He will eat if you just put it down in front of him, little pieces of something to eat, and then he will put it in his mouth. Like I said, they're nine months, so they're still kind of in the beginning of the eating. Uh, 
And he does so well doing that. So the older your children get, the more they can do. But you kind of have to, like, as a parent, you'd constantly have to ask yourself, okay, what do we have to change now in our daily routine so I can ask my child to do this thing that I always used to do for them? But now I'm asking them to do it and I'm basically, I'm basically going to stop doing this thing for them. And now my daughter sometimes perceived this as me not loving her anymore because like, mom, but you always made me my sandwich in the evenings. Are you not, are you going to let me just go hungry? You're not going to make your own child a sandwich. Like that's how, that's how she talked to me. And I'm like, it's not that I don't love you and I would do anything for you, but you, you are big enough now. You can make your own sandwich and I want you to learn it because when you get a little older, you need to do everything. So we're going to have to start teaching you how to do a lot more for yourself than you used to. And so that's the challenge right now to get to this point to where she helps me a lot more in, you know, in the house, like taking the trash out and like emptying out the dishwasher. I, it was my bad, you know, I was like, I just didn't ask her to do those things before because it was easy enough for me to take care of everything. But, um, what we're about to do, and I talked to my coach about this, what we're about to do is actually make a, like a written agreement. So I want her, like this week we're going to do this, I want her to write down everything she would like me to do on like a consistent everyday basis, like in everyday life, and I'm going to write a list of things that I would like her to do. And not only that, I'm also going to come up with strategies so that we can make sure um, that I, you know, I've been really bad about checking, like, did you actually do it? I always told her, like, these are the rules, but then I didn't follow up. So basically, she didn't have to go by the rules because it's like, well, mom's really going to check anyway, right? Because I was always busy with something like the twins and I have to go for walks with them and I have to feed them and then they're then I have to carry them around and they, they, they scream. And basically, it's really hard to actually even have a conversation nowadays because we will always be interrupted because of the babies. Um, but I am going to come up with creative ways to motivate her, to give her an incentive to actually go ahead and do the things that I'm asking her to do. You know, not just, you know, not just expect things from her, but expect, you know, teach her at the same time what the benefit is. I uh, haven't figured out all the details yet, but I'm working on it. Uh, I will probably share this with you when I have this finished because it's just been such a struggle. But the truth is you just, you know, you're getting the perfect results for the system that you have in place. And so far, my system has been, I'm making rules, I'm not following up. So what I'm getting is exactly the results that I will get for that. You know, it's like she's basically, she doesn't have to follow rules because no one cares. And then, you know, we always got us like, I, we had these discussions and I'm like, oh, Romy, why did you not do what I asked you to do? And then she gets all defensive and that's just not a good way to approach things. I felt, I just feel it's not going the right direction. So we have to change something. I, I want us to be very respectful to one another, you know, and then when I go off like that and I just complain about like, oh, you're not doing this. She is very, you know, she feels just bad. She's like, 
oh, you think I'm a really bad person, don't you? I'm like, no, it, you know, like your actions just were like, I hate your actions that what you did here, but I still love you. But it's really hard for children to understand that to separate that out. It's like mom is criticizing my actions, but not me as a person. If I criticize her actions for her, that always means like, oh, you think I'm a really bad person if just because I didn't, you know, I didn't clean up just because I you know I didn't do my homework like now I'm a really bad person I was like no you're not um but I'm trying to do it in a way to where it can all be in a positive way you know I'm trying to phrase things in a more positive way but I'm also going to expect from her to be more respectful and more positive toward you know me and like any problems for me of course it's not a problem it's just like we need to find a solution and a problem is only an opportunity to grow but children just don't understand that yet it's just like or maybe that's a story I'm telling myself yes she can understand it at this point she does not understand it because whenever there was an issue between us it had become a problem and you know I complained in a negative way and then she would get all defensive in a negative way and not be very respectful. And that just didn't help anything because all it resulted in was just a lot of frustration and kind of anger toward each other. And I really want to change that because she is definitely special to me and she's my first daughter. She's extremely special. And I want her to always feel loved and I always want to feel like she respects me and that we're all in this together and I'm just going to need more help. But I also want her to have a little bit more of me and a little bit more attention. So I'm working on finding ways to do this. There's a solution for every problem. One solution is actually to get more help, which is going to happen here very soon. Oh, I haven't updated you on that. Um, so far, my babysitter comes every morning from 8 to 1. But starting in November, we're going to make a new contract. Um, she's actually once a week on Wednesdays. She's going to be here the entire day. She's going to be here until 6 o'clock um, p.m. So that is going to free up. We're going to have lunch together, which also means I'm going to have two adults in the house around lunchtime, which means like one of us can watch the babies while the other person does, you know, makes lunch. And, uh, you know, we can just... She will all have lunch together. She will be here for lunch. She'll be like a family member. And I'm excited about that. Um, in, the, in the afternoons, I'm going to be part of a mastermind group. And I'm going to tell you about my mastermind group that I'm going to facilitate here in just a few minutes. Uh, but I'm going to be part of this mastermind group. And I really want to have the time to be uninterrupted and pay full attention to that. And to get more work done, um, possibly have more time for coaching sessions, which I have a few people who have set up coaching sessions and I have increased my rate. Uh, I haven't told you about that yet either. So my rate for a one hour one-on-one -on -one coaching as a vocal coach used to be $200, which, you know, it's, it's not on the low end, but it's also not on the crazy high end. But here's the thing. I had gotten rid of one-on-one -on -one coaching for a long time for the past few years because I just don't want it anymore. I don't want to attract a bunch of people who just want to take an hour and um, 
it's kind of always the same problems. I don't just want to give a vocal lesson. What I really want is I want to help someone. Like I want to identify their voice type. I want to help them find their unique voice. I want to help them get unstuck if there have been, you know, different opinions from different vocal coaches. I want them to have a clear plan. I want, I have the special gift of hearing someone's voice and I know where the gold is. I know where the beauty is and I know how to uncover that. So what I want to do in those coaching sessions is not just like, okay, you get 60 minutes with me. In those 60 minutes, what is going to happen is I'm going to uncover the true voice and I'm going to give them a plan of what it is that they will need to do, a strategy, including exercises. And I'm going to have a follow-up, which I'm going to put in some time also. Um, Ahead of time, they can send me a recording so I can already hear so that the time that we're spending together in the 60 minutes coaching, coaching session, we can focus on working through issues and coming up with a plan. Basically, I want to see how they respond to exercises, how they, what learning style they're, you know, that they respond to so that after our call, I can send them, um, first of all, the recording of our call, and then also a document with a strategy, with a bunch of links of things, you know, resources so that they can have a plan going forward. Now that 60 minute coaching session is going to be, uh, 4.97 for the 60 minutes. But again, they're not paying for 60 minutes. They're paying for the end result of having absolute clarity and a plan and strategy going forward. And it's it's a way to get excited again about singing and being unstuck. So I just took the leap of faith. I know a lot of people probably will think like, she's insane. She's just gone off the deep end. Charging 500 bucks for 60 minutes. That's crazy. You know what? I'm not afraid anymore and I'm worth it. Because I know I've helped countless singers who struggled for many years. They have gone to college level uh, vocal coaches, you know, and they're just confused. And then I come along and I tell them things that they say they've never heard about before. It's like, I have no one ever taught me that. So I know definitely that I'm really good at helping people get unstuck. And that's what they're paying for, not just the time. Now, let me tell, tell you about my mastermind group. If you are someone who wants to also start make, you know, scratching off all those 50 dreams that are on your list, which is really hard to come up with, come up with 50 things that you really want in life. If you want to start working on these big and small, you're going to have to surround yourself with people who are just going to cheer you on, who are going to push you, who count, hold you accountable, who are committed to your personal success. And that is the essence of a mastermind group. I've been part of mastermind groups for years and it's always, that's when I made the most progress. I just don't believe it's possible any other way. Now, mastermind groups can happen in different ways. But the most common way that mastermind groups are facilitated is that it's the definition is two or more people. But I feel like 10 people is really the sweet spot. Just imagine being in a group of 10 people who all have committed to excellence, who are high achievers, high thinkers, who want to learn, 
and you can tap into their experience, their failures that they've learned from, their network, their, you know, everything, their entire life experience. And they can tap into yours, but you have 10 people or like nine others. Well, maybe actually 10 because I'm not included. I will facilitate this group, meaning I'm going to lead and organize all the meetings and I'm going to make sure that the application process takes place in a way that only true high achievers will be part of this group because we want to be surrounded by people who pull us up, who make us stronger, who expect a lot from us. You know, if you keep surrounding yourself with people who struggle making $2,000 a month, that's kind of your thermostat. That's going to be your normal. You're going to be struggling also. If you surround yourself with people who consistently make $20,000 per month, that's going to be the normal and you're going to be pushed to kind of be part of this all. And they're going to share with you how they did it. That's why I only want to attract high achievers. So, and if you feel like you want to be part of this group of high achievers, it doesn't really matter how much money you make right now, but it, what it what does matter is how much are you willing to invest in yourself and into your success. Here's the thing. I always, I spent a lot of money on coaches and mastermind groups, but I made it back many fold. I just think, you know, whatever I spend, if I, if I spend like $15,000 per year in a mastermind group, I probably made so much more um, additional income than that, you know, than that was. Plus, it's deductible, like it's tax deductible because it is like a, it counts as like a business coaching. So, hey, I'll take a, anything that's tax deductible anytime. If you want to apply for this mastermind group, you can go to findyourvoice.tv slash mastermind. There will be an application. You can fill this out. Now, it is a financial commitment of $1,000 per month. Um, and uh, I really, I really would love to have this group with like-minded individuals to take everything to the next level. This is not just about business, about your work. It's about, you know, doing something that matters in this world. And that includes your relationships. You know, like I'm working on my relationship with my family and my daughter, for example. It, your spiritual life, your physical self, which is really relevant. Everything that makes you, you want to strive for excellence. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm going to wrap this up for now and um, just leave you with this quote again. A winner is a dreamer who never gives up. Bye-bye and always keep on dreaming. <laughs>